there's no way out I've got to show them what I've become and There's no doubt Got my back to the wall and I'm still hanging on There's no way out I've made my choices where I belong Troubles in my life have been all the same With a strain in my mind getting hurt again There's a pain in my heart but it's just a game Gotta get over it, won't go insane Won't achieve anything while I'm down Don't wanna give out my heavyweighted frown I'm stopping this now, I'ma turn it around Heaven's on the ground, now I'm looking at the clouds Gonna make a change like a change, bigger getting changed Gonna stay the same with my mind frame rearranged Gonna wish the flute out my mind and my eyes Was I blind in my mind? Cause that was old times Cause I'm starting fresh with a clear vision You can even spell my name in optimism Just track the M's, an I and the P And then what you're left with is me no way out I've got to show What I've become There's no doubt Got my back to the wall And I'm still hanging on There's no way out I've made my choices Where I belong There's no doubt When the road gets the Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to tonight's episode of the Zod Rider Show. I am Zod Rider, and I want to welcome everybody listening back to the show. I'm going to try to be back here on a weekly basis. I know it's been a while for me. But I'd like to introduce my special guests that I have on the show tonight, starting with a man who needs no introduction. He is a member of the Roundtable on PSN Radio, and he has has also branched out and started doing his own podcast recently, the one and only Mr. Johnny Alpha. How are you, Johnny? I'm doing good. I'm really excited to be here. I'm really happy you asked me to be a part of this episode because I really like what we're going to be talking about tonight. So, yeah. I'm excited I'm excited too. I'm excited too. So, I want to I want to give a shout out to your to your podcast, Nerds Nerds of the Underground, right? Nerds from the underground. Nerds yeah, from the uh, nerds from the underground. Okay, I, I didn't want to didn't want to get it wrong, so that's why I was like, okay, nerds from the underground. Awesome, awesome. We're that's- on the Nerdy Legion podcast network, but you could also find us on iTunes and the Spotify. And joining us tonight, we have a we have another special guest, someone who is making her PSN radio debut tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, this is this is Sonia. Welcome to the show, Sonia. How are you? Oh, I'm sorry. Hi, I'm doing just fine. Thank you for having me. I'm enjoying hanging out with you two fellows, and um, we're going to make this a great night talking about whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a good night. We have... We have a, a couple of a couple of movie topics we want to discuss tonight. We were we're talking we're talking about the Nicolas Cage horror film Mandy, and we are going to be a, be discussing the 1988 anime classic Akira. And that and that may seem like an odd bill to some people, but these are films that both Johnny and I very very much adore. And so when you were interested in watching these two these two films 
it was so exciting that you would be making your PSN radio debut here tonight that we w- we decided that this was the topic we were going to discuss so that we could just kind of I guess I guess for lack of a better word I could say we we're going to geek out tonight about the about how how great these movies are because both Johnny and I are really big fans and so it's interest it's going to be interesting to hear your take. So what movie would you guys like to start with? Well, first off, I wouldn't like I would like to say it's not that weird of a comparison between the two of them. They're both very surreal and psychedelic Absolutely. and nightmarish in nature, you know what I mean? So like they actually fit together a lot better than probably most people would think they would. Uh, that that's true. You know, I I don't know if I would say it's like like uh, you know, like cookies and cream or uh or peanut butter and jelly, but it, I mean, I, I could see how maybe you could, you could, you could make the argument, maybe cheese and crackers. I, I, I don't know. Peanut butter and fried banana sandwich like Elvis used to eat. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe. Yeah. That, that could work. Or, or, or like, or, or like that, you know, that, that, that mixed popcorn that everybody likes to eat. The, you know, the, you got the, you got the cheesy popcorn and then you got the, uh, you know, you got the uh, caramel and all the different types of popcorn mixed together in a hodgepodge, one big thing. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm thinking about you know try, trying to make a good make a good analogy with the with these movies, but it's failing me. But I do agree with you, Johnny. I think those movies these movies do go together a little bit better than some people would would think. Yeah. Nicholas Cage for a live action Akira movie? Well, never mind. <laughs> oh no. He could play the he could play the general, maybe. He could play Canada. <laughs> oh. Let's 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 be honest. Who wouldn't want to see Keanu Reeves in, in Nicholas Cage play play uh uh Uh, well, I don't, I don't know, uh, but, uh, what happened? It got quiet. I don't know. It just like got quiet. Oh, I, I was grooving quiet. to the tune, man. I was busting the move. Yeah, there was some music playing. So I, I got, I got a little bit excited. I thought this was going to turn into a PSN radio dance party. <laughs> so we talking Keanu Reeves as, um, Tetsuo and Nick Cage as Kaneda. Yeah. I'd watch it. I'm pretty sure I'd be like one of the five people, but yeah, <laughs> one, one of the five, one of the five people, because it'd be one of those movies that's like so bad it's good, you know, kind of like Corona Zombies. I wish you would have been there for that, for that, Johnny, because oh, uh, because not. you know that movie is so bad that it's that it's that it's good. It's one of those that it it couldn't get it couldn't be any worse if they tried. And the stuff that they the stuff that they did was amazing in the little amount of time that they had to shoot the movie. Yeah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm plugging Full Moon Streaming. Uh, Corona Zombies. The movie came out on uh, April the 10th. So they had to uh, streamline that fucker because I mean, like, we didn't even know what it was until December. So. Damn, they they really got that one. Yeah, it only took them a month. It only took them a month to get to move to film it, and the amount of real world content and stuff that they mentioned, talk about in them. I mean, honestly, it's it felt like they just 
finished wrapping it up the night before. That's really the only way that they could <laughs> that they could have gotten all the references in that they got in there. I mean, they're talking, you know, like the you know like the the coronavirus briefings and stuff like that they have in there, and they, they I mean, it's it's ridiculous, but. But we're not. Well, we're not going to talk about Corona Zombies tonight because we haven't. Not everybody on the panel here tonight has seen Corona Zombies, so we're gonna we're gonna try not to talk about Corona Zombies. But before we get started and we get into our main topic, I would like to give a shout out to to tonight's Zod Rider Show sponsor, a little shop over on Etsy known as Buttersoft Moisture. If you're looking for hand sanitizer, if you're looking for fragrances, if you're looking for shea butter, whatever you're looking for, they've got it for you over at Butter Soft Moisture. Beautiful shop on Etsy. I highly recommend it. I hope everybody gets a chance to check it out. Honestly, I can't say enough about the Citrus Aloe Hand Sanitizer. It's wonderful, especially in this day and age when we found out that Purell was cheating everybody with the alcohol content in the hand sanitizer. But I digress. Now that now that I've mentioned my sponsor, Buttersoft Moisture, uh, we will move into the uh, topic of the night. So, which movie would you guys like to discuss first? Well, since we're gonna like basically kind of hear Sonia's take on it, because I'm really interested in what she thought of these films. Absolutely. Let her pick. Which one do you want to talk about? Uh, um, we can talk about Mandy. Good choice. My personal favorite. I thought the movie was very dark. <laughs> um, I mean, it was a really good movie. And as you had stated before, earlier when we had talked the other day, um, how it starts off really, really slow. But then it gets into, like, the more deeper stuff, the action and the... the uh, just the craziness it's just um i don't know um but i just thought it was very dark there's a lot of gore in it um i never thought i could see nicholas cage play such a part but i think he really did really good um in his character um what else? <laughs> yeah, the Sorry, movie really guys. the movie really was as insane as he is, and that's what really kind of they helped each other along with that one. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I think I think if if they got anybody else for that role it would have been it would not have been it would not have been the, the masterpiece that it is. I think that's a movie that that's a role that Nicolas Cage was born to play. Yeah, he was born to be red. That's, I, I, I want to. They haven't said who they actually wanted, but I guess Panos and Elijah Wood wanted somebody else to for that role. And I'm just like, who do you have gotten that could have did that role better? Because right, I mean, oh, I, I, I mean, I, you know, when you think of who who else could have did that role, you need some. You would be thinking in terms of somebody else who's capable of playing a playing a psycho like some, well someone who will lose their mind appropriately on film and I, I, as of after seeing the movie I don't, I don't know maybe Bruce Campbell could have did it if he didn't if he didn't ham it up what do you think 
Bruce Campbell would have been okay, but when this really solidified as like, because I'm a huge Nicolas Cage fan, I love all of his stuff, even his really bad straight-to-video stuff, but what solidified this as my favorite of his is the scene where after he comes back from watching his wife get burned alive and he's dealing with all this stuff, he's going to go into the bathroom to stitch himself up, but he stops and watches the Cheddar Goblin commercial on the TV with that dumbfounded face and he just goes, Cheddar Goblin, and then continues what he's doing. I'm just like, wow, this this really is just his movie. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Oh yeah, what did you think about the Cheddar Goblin scene, uh, Sonia? Were you were you were you excited when you saw the the Cheddar Goblin? <laughs> yeah, I was pretty uh, surprised that that popped up on the um, TV there. But um, what the part that um. I really that was really trippy is when he grabbed that bottle of alcohol and he he just started <laughs> gulping it down like when he was sitting on the toilet seat. Am I telling too much of the, the movie? I don't know. No. Oh, oh no no no. Well, we are we are we are this and, and I should have said that at the beginning of the show. This is this is one hundred percent. A spoiler-heavy show. So if you haven't seen at this point, if you haven't seen Mandy or Akira, you should probably watch those watch those two films before listening to this show tonight. <laughs> but yeah, I thought he was gonna drink himself to death. <laughs> the way he was gulping down that bottle of alcohol. It was it was it was like sheer it was like sheer force of will that was keep that was keeping him going. Because I think mm-hmm. a normal a normal person, like you said, gulping down those quantities of alcohol might have been, you know, might have been on the floor and barely able to get up, you know. How you know? But he had that he had that energy, just that sheer like like right. where it was like almost like an adrenaline thing fueling his soul to get him to to get him to uh, complete his quest. Which ultimately, it actually felt like like a movie where he was on a quest it was like it was like lord of the rings without all the without all the fellowship people <laughs> yeah it really is kind of like it is a fantasy film i would definitely call it that especially with how it ends and with the odd animated sequences not to mention um when they introduce things like the horn of abraxas and the black skulls I mean, th- th- there's no way that like you can try to say that. Oh, this is this is a reality-based film at that point, and um, I think that that's what really carried it forward, especially with the weird, the way that Panos does the the color palette and how he has he does all those LSD trip shots. Anyways, it just really made for this film, and I just yeah, when it got to the the Black Skulls gang and when he got to their house and. Yeah, when he's also like like when he chugged the liquor, I really liked after he killed that one guy with the knife. Dick, he like does the coke off of the broken glass, and then he like tries their weird fucked up acid, and then like he knows right where the next place to go on his quest is, and he goes and meets the dude with the tiger. It's just yeah, it, it's just insane, but you understand it. It makes sense at the same time. It's it's really interesting, really well-made that, film. That That's something I, I wanted to mention about this movie. One of the things that I, I think, you know, that makes it so brilliant is that it's so well-developed from a character-driven perspective. 
the, what you just said, like the way you pointed it out, how everything that he did, every, you know, little thing that he did made sense. It was like, it was like he was trying to get from one place to another and he had, he, he got the tools that he needed to get there. But the thing of it was, was that every element of it was easy to follow and it was very, very well written. And, and you know, the, the character development to me, for this movie, was perfect. You really, you really cared about these characters, especially the way the movie started out, where it just started off. It's just this like quiet little spooky movie, and you're learning about him and his wife. And the thing about it is, it's like we get more, we get more character development in the, in those first in those first few moments of the movie, slowly building things up to where they're going to be, than we get in the entirety of the new of the new Disney Star Wars trilogy. And that's and that to me is I, I just really don't know what to say. Like you you when you see a movie like that that's so well written, you just and and then you and then it has the actors to go along with it. You could have all kinds of great actors in your movie, but if your movie's not well written and doesn't make any sense thematically or from a from a story perspective period you know, you're going to have a real problem. And this is why I think, you know, Mandy shined up so well. I believe for, for both me and you, Johnny, this was our favorite film of that year. Yeah, it was definitely, I think it was 2017 or was it 18? I believe it was 18, I believe. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it was 2018. But Panos, he had a, he had a good almost decade to work on this thing because he basically went right into it after Beyond the Black Rainbow and he really couldn't get anybody interested in it until he met Elijah Wood, which is the weirdest thing in the world that Elijah Wood made this movie happen. But yeah, uh, so I think that that's why it probably is as well developed because I mean, when you're working on something, you got a baby like that. I, I'm a aspiring writer. I don't even share my work because I don't like it enough to show it to anybody else yet. So the fact that and I'm I'm constantly rewriting it, so I'm thinking oh, about we're in the Panos same the we're way, in the same boat there. <laughs> so, so I figured the way Panos was is like he he constantly worked on this thing until it start, actually went to filming. But he's always been his first film, Beyond the Black Rainbow. It's even more insane than Mandy, but it's also like it. You can understand everything that's happening. It's it's a very cognizant film while being surreal psychedelic like you took the bad brown acid type of film but it, it ne doesn't lose you it's not one of those films where sure you can think on it and think about what the greater meanings of things are but the actual plot of the film you can follow right along with it and and it's just as he, he's got a knack for doing these types of films which is really cool i really hope he gets another one out soon because i can't wait to see what he does next with his first two films oh yeah and, and let's i mean and we and we have to we have to talk about the aspects, the vi the visual effects. The visual effects for this movie were fantastic. I mean, oh yeah, I could believe I could believe everything that happened on screen. I was completely, I was completely uh, drawn into the story, and I, I think that that's I, I think that that's very 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 important, especially in a movie like this, where it came out of nowhere too. I mean. You sit down and you and you watch it and you don't know what you're what you're getting into when you watch the first few minutes. And that's why I what I think is 
what I think is the one of the most beautiful parts of this movie. It starts off very, very slow, and you know it's building up to something, but you don't know what that's going to be. And I love the fact that it's that they took so much time to develop they develop to develop Red and his wife. I, I love the fact that they did that because it, it 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 compels you to care about the wife when she was dealing with those psychos. I mean, honestly, it. I mean, you're you're. She's more of a fleshed out character, and and I and I and I don't you know I don't want to keep you know harping on Star Wars, but I mean I feel like it's a good <laughs> it's a really good comparison because there's yeah. no character development in those movies, but you have this this whole movie just oozed character development. You cared about these characters. One of the things I really liked about the film is how they showed her doing her art and how important that was. And um, it almost got me in the feeling that the f- the film that we saw might not have actually been a real narrative that happened, but one of her works. It could have been a-, a piece of art that she did that we got to see the story behind, too. There, there there are several ways to interpret the film, but and every time I watch it, I try to think of a new one because, like, that's just what I do when I watch, like, David Lynch movies and stuff. But – um yeah, with Mandy, I, I, her artwork and then the animated sequences, they, they got to mean something a little more. And I, I always just kind of like to wig out and think about it. Of course, I always watch the movie Baked as Hell, so that helps too. <laughs> I'm going to watch the movie. I'm going um, to watch that movie through that pr- through that prism that you just brought up, Johnny, because I think that's an excellent way of looking at it in fact i like the i like the movie even more now thinking about it that that could actually be a legitimate way to interpret it wow that sounds amazing well just because the um the guy that in the bunker that was making the acid with the tiger the, the, the basically the satan character who the way that he kind of saw what happened to red and like was just like you know what I, screw them guys that i was working with they're over there it, it seemed like something that would, um, you know, an artist would think would be like a, a cool idea to, for um, a piece of their work. So I just. Hello. Did we lose you, John? Oh. <laughs> I'm like, he's just talking and I'm like. He was, he was just talking and then he, and then he just kind of faded. He just kind of faded out. <laughs> Um, what, what, well, what, what did you, th- what did you think there, Sonia? Um, actually, I just wanted to go back into, um, some of the scenes of the, actually. the movie. Um, Johnny? I thought I heard Johnny. I thought I heard his voice. But, um, the, the, when he had, uh, Mandy, uh, locked up in that cage, and, um, he, the psychedelic, the, the psychedelic folk music that they were playing, and then he was bringing God into it. Um, what did you think about that? I just thought that was kind of it was just so unexpected. For it, me. it made it made sense um, if you go back and you look at some of the really weird guys that got far out on acid, like Charlie Manson, um, <laughs> Craig Smith, Matreya Kali. Um, these guys they actually believed that they were either in contact with or were some kind of Messiah-esque character, and they all kind of made that kind of folky, almost happy-sounding music, but if you actually listen to the back of it, it was all really dark. Plus, I really loved when she laughs at him, 
and he gets all his ego gets destroyed. I thought that that was it. Just showed the power that, like Zod was saying, the power that the character Mandy actually had over over the world and how flushed out she was because, um, you know, she knew what was going to happen to her and she didn't care. She thought that guy was a pud, so she laughed right in his fucking face, and that was the most gangster thing you could do. Yeah. But about the um, religion thing that he was talking about, um, yeah, that's that's kind of quite common with those um, acid casualty rock stars from the 60s. They kind of got like that. They really got this kind of weird, dark spiritualism about themselves. So the, I think Cosmos was playing with that a lot. I was thinking a lot of Charles Mason, Charles Manson, excuse me, Charles Mason, oh. Char- Charles Manson, uh, <laughs> when, when, uh, especially with the, especially with the, with the whole musician thing and the way, and you know, the way, even the way the music, the way the music sounded too, you know, I, I had that, I was thinking like that cause, cause you know, Manson was a singer too, you know, <laughs> yeah. he actually, he actually had had a, Put put out a couple of songs and stuff, some songs that people actually liked, and it's kind of weird, you know, and eerie when you think about it. But yeah, this this guy had that had that vibe, but he seemed I don't know, he seemed even more fanatical. Like he seemed like a like almost almost like Charles Manson times ten. Like he just you know he was completely over the top. And narcissistic on levels on on levels that are that are immeasurable, which which actually you know adds to the idea of what you were saying about it possibly being a, you know a manifestation of Mandy's art because he was so over the top and fanatical and so crazy and he just and it's just it didn't seem like his motivation was really all that all that sound. Like it was easy to understand what he was what he was doing, what he was trying to do, but at the same time, his his pure his pure evil overshadowed everything. Right. And so, that's how those guys. That's how those guys were. They would sit there and they would talk to you like they had it all figured out. Like um, you can you can go back and um, lots of people talk to Chuck Charlie Manson. And um, he used to live at one of the Beach Boys' houses. So like several like prominent musicians had met and talked with them and he would, he would sit there and try to tell you about his mission, about the helter skelter. And it, it made perfect sense to him, but everybody else was just kind of like, dude, get the fuck away from me right now, please. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, um, back to the family though, they were like a, like a cult. It was just, um, it's very disturbing to me. I normally don't watch these dark, dark films like this, but that cultish uh, type family, I mean, some Jim Jones shit with, uh, with a little violence, you know? <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I don't know where he was going with that. Well, the thing was, is that they had completely cracked over into evil territory. They had the Horn of Abraxas. They were rolling with the... Uh Oh, Johnny. Johnny? Johnny? uh, Johnny seems to have, (laughs) seems to have cut out again. Yeah, we're, we're, Uh, we're, we're we're batting a thousand tonight, but, uh, Johnny, are you, are you, Johnny, are you back? 
<laughs> I wow. didn't even think I was going to make it on the show because my uh, internet was acting up. Yeah, the internet, the internet's been, Boy. the internet has been, has been fluctuating tonight to say the least. I, I know I was having, having a little bit, having a little bit of an issue and I was worried. So I, I shut, I had to shut down my, my media server before we started doing the show because I, I knew that it would, you know, it would be taxing on the internet to be trying to do this while, uh, having the server running at the same time. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but, yeah, but uh, this, uh, is, no, just saying, this is like the first dark film that I've seen Nicolas Cage play in. I mean, I love all of his movies, but I haven't even heard of this movie until uh, Johnny mentioned it the other night. And it seemed quite interesting. I really only wanted to watch it because Nicolas Cage played in it. But yeah, I didn't expect it to be what it is. <laughs> but it's very interesting. It turned out to be a pretty good movie, though. And um, the one scene where uh, they had him uh, chained up and the the guy took the blade and, and stuck it in his side, I thought he was going to be left for dead. I didn't think he was going to get out of that situation. Well, he was. Oh, they basically, they basically did that so he'd bleed out slow. They didn't expect him right, to have right. the will to to pull himself out and stitch right. himself up. Yeah, but, I, I, so... I, 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 is it is it, your, is it your internet or is it my internet? <laughs> Talking over one another. I'm gonna be quiet. That's why I'm not saying much because you guys are talking, and I don't want to like interrupt you guys. But um, I'll just wait my turn. <laughs> no, go ahead. It, oh, this is for ahead. you, anyways. Exactly. <laughs> you guys are embarrassing me. No, I had. I, I, uh, so so go 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 on, Sonia. I wasn't saying anything. I was just, you know, just mentioning that part. Um, but as I was saying earlier about um, how dark the movie was, and I didn't expect um, it to be what it is. And But it turned out to be a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, although it started off slow, but I already knew that because Johnny had told me that. He warned me ahead of time. But, yeah, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Yeah, I remember um, when Zod told me about it, we were on air, and um, yeah, he said, like, have you seen Mandy? And I'm like, is it based on a Barry Manilow song? And he was like, no, no. And he's, he actually sold it to me. He was like, dude, it's so disturbing. It's like, it's like one of those fucked up movies that you watch. So I kind of went into it expecting a little more. <laughs> that, that's exactly what I said, too. <laughs> <laughs> almost, and, almost verbatim. <laughs> so, so I was expecting like poop or you know like something really gross in there, but I just really got a really cool psychedelic slasher slash fantasy film, which was, blew me away. Um, so I, I, right after the first time I watched it, I, I hit up Zod. I'm like, dude, you need to actually watch one of the disturbing movies I watched. So. You know, you don't confruffle like that again, man, because this, this ain't close. I mean, it's really good and it's really trippy, but it definitely ain't up there like some of the 
the nasty, nasty I seen. <laughs> the we got we got to talk a little bit about about the score for the movie. Was the score for the movie not really really haunting? I thought I thought that score was fantastic. I loved it, man. Like I grew up with movies with um you know scores by Vangelis and Tangerine Dream and exactly um, it, it had a very podcast. it had a very Tangerine Dream vibe to it. To me, I was, I was very happy with the with the soundtrack, and it was just beautiful, and it really fit the 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 way the film looked. It it was going for that kind of crazy early '80s look, and it took place in the early '80s. So I think it was really rad that he, well, he did that with Beyond the Black Rainbow too. It has a really almost kind of more John Carpentery type score, but this one had like this really Tangerine Dream, Vangelis type. And I, I think it just really, really helped the film. I, I don't think it would have been any, you know, like it definitely wasn't a film that needed a fucking Hans Zimmer score. That's for sure. What did you think about the about the soundtrack, Sonia? Um, I was, I was wasn't really paying attention to much of the music in the movie. I didn't listen to the soundtrack. Um. I was just weirded out by that music that was being played when um, he was standing before Mandy and <laughs> talking about God and all of this other stuff. But, um, no, I haven't really, like, dived or delved into um, the songs on the track, on the soundtrack. So I really can't um, comment <laughs> on that. Okay, so I, I guess the na- the next question uh, for you, Sonia, would be what who was who was your who was your favorite was your favorite character in the in the movie? Because there were there were a lot of great shady dark characters in this movie. Who would you like the most? <laughs> Director, this up. Uh, what did you say, Johnny? Oh, I, I said that um, with the scores that. Um, Panos has been doing. He's kind of started a trend. I saw another film recently called Gretel and Hansel, which was kind of like a crazy horror take on the grim fairy tale, and it also had a Tangerine Dream style score, which was just really beautiful and emotive for the film. Perfect. Uh, but um, as far as characters go. Um, of course, Nicolas Cage, you know, just being my favorite actor and his character. But um, the leader, what was his name? Um, I don't remember his name. The um, the leader of the cult or the, um, oh, gosh. He was just, like, weirded out. Um, what was his name? I forget too. I, I forget. I forget too. We're, we're watching this movie. The cult guy. The cult guy. I just saw him. The cult guy. The the father of the the family. I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, uh, Charles, like, really, Manson, like, Charles Manson. Charles Manson Jr. I think his name was like. 
Wasn't it like Jebediah or something like that? Didn't he have like a, kind of one of those redneck it, biblical it, names? It was, it was something like that. It was something like that. It sounds like it was Jebediah. That sounds right to me. <laughs> you know, and he had this mentality that um, he can have anything in the world that he wanted. And he wanted Mandy and he got her, but he didn't have her the way, you know, she she did not submit to him the way he wanted her to and then and then the the one lady the um the older looking lady um the witch looking lady man the she witch like looking, a witch. yeah she seemed to have like an attitude like like she was kind of jealous oh yeah of, she, of wanted, mandy, she, she wanted she wanted mandy yeah so. and she wanted that creepy old <laughs> hippie yeah straight up <laughs> Uh, but I'm gonna have to watch the movie again to really, you know, get a feel for it and to see if I can get something else out of it. Cause, you know, it never hurts to watch a movie again. Anytime you watch a movie a second time or a third time, you're gonna get something different out of it. So, but I want to watch it again and see what I can get out of it. The second time around. Oh yeah, well that's how I, that's how I feel. Well, that's how I feel about Corona Zombies, uh, Johnny. I want to watch oh, Corona Zombies no. with you. <laughs> I want to yeah. watch Corona Zombies with you, bro. So we'll so we'll have to we'll have to set that up. We'll have to set that up after the show. Do another watch it's along. So corny. <laughs> Don't watch it, Johnny. You might like it if, if Zod and um, Angel or Jackal liked it. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Oh, I, I love it, Full Moon movies. I love movies from the Asylum that they show on Sci-Fi Channel. That that's my jam right there. I love Trauma. Like, yeah, I like bad movies. But Mandy was definitely not a bad movie. So that's no. So that's it one was of those different. What's your favorite character, Zod? Uh, I would say Mandy was my favorite character. She was so. Well developed, and it was so profound. I was, I was so sad when she got burned alive. I mean, I felt real emotion, like I knew her. I, I, I love that character. I think they did a wonderful, wonderful job, and you could totally see why Nicolas Cage was so was the way that he was, and what what drove him to be so drove him to be so maniacal and crazy to a to a point with with purpose and and that's just you know that again that's just a testament to the to the writing and the awesome structure of the story it was it was brilliant yeah for me i'd have to go with the black skulls i just love their character design i liked how just nasty they were i thought that they were a really cool creation really cool batch of monsters i had a lot of fun with their scene kind of reminded me of the plague from hobo with the shotgun which are another okay. one of my favorite yeah like, there you go I could, I could see that you know what i was kind of thinking about you remember the you remember the skull bikers from batman returns the voodoo glow skull guys the skull, they were these, the skull, yeah, these skull bikers. They were wearing, they were dri- they drive the motorcycles and they're, they got the skulls and they're, they're like, uh, you know, not the clowns, but they're, but they're like skeletons. And they, they yeah. it kind of reminded me of that. It kind of reminded me of them a little bit, but just a little bit better developed. <laughs> and way more, and way more like death metal. Sin- sinister. Yeah. Totally death metal. Yeah. I agree. 
I can yeah, see. Yeah, they were kind of cool with all the spikes and stuff coming up out of their their um whatever they were wearing. Well, I like the one where like you know, the one that was punching Nicolas Cage, and he like looks up at her and goes like, "Oh, you're a sensitive snowflake, aren't you?" <laughs> Just like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. Oh, and the part with the chainsaw, uh, yeah, with the chainsaw, where uh, he approached uh, that dude um, towards the end, where uh, they were fighting, um, and the chainsaw got knocked out of Nicolas Cage's, I don't even know his character's name, but uh, the chainsaw got knocked out of, because they both had chainsaws, but the other guy had the bigger chainsaw. Do you, you know what part I'm talking about, right? Where they oh, were fighting? yeah. Yeah, the yep. chainsaw fight. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, the chainsaw crazy. Fight. Yeah, that was crazy. But yeah, I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, that chainsaw fight was up there with the one from Phantasm 2 between Reg and the Graver. That was, Oh yeah, like okay. Yeah, that's definitely a, a good comparison. Yeah, I, you know, I'd almost forgotten about the Phantasm series because the final film we got was so horrible. I oh, Ra- Ravager was cool. You like Corona Zombies? I can't see how you could, didn't like Ravager. The, bro, when we watched when we watched Corona oh, Coronavirus Corona oh. Zombies together, you will understand. <laughs> you'll know, you'll know exactly what I mean. But like. But like the, the the final, I guess the final phantasm was just uh, just disappointed me more than anything else. I think maybe because the way it was shot, I wasn't yeah, expecting it to look like a look like an asylum movie. I was expecting it to look more cinematic, like some of the previous films. But yeah, Don Coscarelli didn't direct it. There was a lot of things going against it, but. I, I had fun with it. Um, I, I wish that it could have been a better film, but I just like watching Reg kill things. It, it's always been fun for me since I was a small child. I don't even remember how young I was the first time I watched Phantasm with my dad. So, okay, it, it really has been like my whole life. I've watched Reggie Bannister run around and kill zombies. So, and so the final, so the final Phantasm movie versus Mandy. Which one is better, Johnny? <laughs> oh yeah, hands down, absolutely. So, Sonia, so, 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 Sonia, how would you, how would you, so, Sonia, how would you rate this, rate this movie against some other movies that you've seen recently? Because oh you weren't, you weren't expect, you weren't expecting this movie to be what it was. So, what did you? No, I was not. <laughs> it, I don't know. I want to watch it again so I can better understand it. Um, <laughs> it, I, I like horror. I like dark movies, but this one was like totally different. I mean, I don't think it's something that I would jump up and down and clap my hands and <laughs> go crazy over. But um, it, <laughs> I'll watch it again, but. I don't know. Um, it's just something that I'm not really, you know, into or attracted to. It's just weird to me. <laughs> okay, so we'll we'll have to call we'll have to call this. Well, I guess we'll have to call this episode. I guess we'll have to call this episode. I'll watch it again. What do you think, John? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you messing with me? Because I, I really, I think, I, no, get off the air. 
I think I really think I really think that that I really think that that's an appropriate name for it. I'll watch it again because honestly, Mandy is Mandy is one of those movies where you have to where you have to watch it multiple times to get different things. I watched it again uh, today while I, I had it on as background noise, and I was trying to see if I gleaned something different from it. And then when Johnny may, mentioned the theory that he had about it being a manifestation of Mandy's art. Now I want to watch it again and see it from that see it from that perspective. So I'll probably watch it again uh in the next in the next day or so. But um, this is like the first Panos um film that I've watched. So I'm not that familiar with his directing. So well, he's only done two. He's done Mandy and Beyond the Black Rainbow, which I don't know if you'll like that one better. That movie is just I don't a think nightmare. She, I don't think she will. I, I don't think so. That's if if you if you're if you're if you're struggling with this one, I don't think you'll like that one. Because I thought I thought both I thought both films I thought both films were both films were brilliant, but but I would have to say, from a perspective of which one I liked more, I, I would say that I prefer I prefer Mandy because I because I just there's a lot of stuff in that movie that that when you once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. And Nicolas Cage actually had a really really uh, amazing performance in it as well. So I so again I you know I have to. Out of those two films, I have to say I prefer Mandy. What about you, uh, Johnny? Out of those two, um, yeah, I'd have to say Mandy's a stronger work, but I mean, I think they're both really just astounding. I think they're both films good films. Watch. They are good films, and they're yeah. beautiful. The the visuals in both of them will just blow you away. So I grew up. Um, I, like you guys can tell, I love horror, but I also really love surrealism. And Panos just delivers both so well in his films, like. So well, yeah, it, yeah. I, I, I think, um, I think, I think I would, I would have to say that Mandy is, it's a, in my opinion, it's it's one of, if not the best, uh, Nicolas Cage uh, movie I've seen. I think because he's, you know, he's had a lot of, he's had a lot of films. Some are better than others, but I think. <laughs> I think man I think Mandy I, I would have to say I think Mandy's his best his best work. I really do. It's it's my favorite too. And um and that's going up against like Ghost Rider too and like uh, Drive Angry and some of the best <laughs> yeah. I love and, Ghost Cuz he just performed very well in a lot of films for me, but yeah, Mandy just takes the cake. Yeah. It, it it was just weird for me to see him play in this movie. It was just I remember the first Nicolas Cage movie I ever saw was uh, Raising Arizona. Have you guys seen that? It's like one of his earliest uh, uh-huh. performances. It's called Raising Arizona. You have to check it out. It's him with the yeah. baby and his girlfriend. Yeah. It's like when he first started. And I think, um, what's his name? Uh, isn't it too? Um, not Lawrence Fishburne. Um, What's the other actor's, the other black actor's name? Um, oh, my gosh. What's his name? I can't think of his name right now, but he stars in that film with Nicolas Cage. But anywho, um, 
But I think I'd rather watch Mandy the Haunted Doll. <laughs> anyway. All right. Let's get off of Mandy and move to next. Oh, you want, oh, you want to talk about, you want to talk about the movie next? <laughs> Why are you clowning, Zod? Because next is a, is a Nicolas Cage movie, isn't it? Yeah, there, he legitimately has a, Nicolas Cage has a movie called Next, which I've seen, and it's, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's why I was going to say, when you said, that's why when she said next, I was just like, oh, okay, you want to talk about next? <laughs> I haven't seen it. So we're not going to talk about that. Oh, one. you haven't you haven't seen it? Why? No, <laughs> I just I just haven't. Okay, well, Raising Arizona for those listening that don't know was a 1987 uh, Coen Brothers Cage. movie. Yeah, Nicholas Cage Coen Brothers movie, and it's with uh, God. What? Come on, Nick- what's his name? What's the other uh, black actor's name? Um, Samuel Jackson, Delroy there Lindo. You, you said it. You said it. Samuel Jackson. Yeah. He is in there. Yeah. You just have Samuel- to check it out. I haven't watched it. It's a I've cute it. movie. Oh, you've seen it. So, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm recommending. I'm, I'm letting. I'm just letting the, the listeners know <laughs> if they're if they're listening and they haven't they haven't seen it because it is an older movie. It's, it it's one of his, his earlier it's films. Good. His earlier films, yeah. But uh, but as far as next goes, yeah, we won't we won't talk about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> next, I'm talking about early films. One of my favorite things is just to watch um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High and see him as like a high schooler. Like that scene where she's like oh, pretending to fillet the carrot. He's like the guy that like shows his friends like, "Hey, check it out." It's it's pretty funny to see like little Nicolas Cage in a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's. Uh, he's had and, and I'm I'm looking. I mean, he he really puts out he puts out quite a few. He's put out quite a few films. Like this dude. Like I'm, I'm wondering if Nicolas Cage ever sleeps just looking at his filmography. I mean, the guy is like a machine. Well, his his newest horror film, um, Color Out of Space. I I have yet to, I have yet to watch that. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. It it's so good, man. Especially if you're a Lovecraft fan like I am. Like they did the story so good. The the special effects are so. And he is he is hilarious in the film. I mean. Because what happens to him is messed up, but the way he alters and, and changes, he plays it so comical. It it shouldn't be funny, but you'll actually be cracking up at him through a lot. So of so is it so is it Mel Gibson the Beaver funny? No, no, it, it's oh, okay. different than that because the rest of the movie's so creepy and it'll freak you out that he kind of pops up and you're just kind of. It's like little breaths of fresh air type of thing that he he supplies in, in Color Out of Space. Okay, well uh, I'll, have to, I'll, I'll I'll have to check it out. Um, yeah, me cause, too. Cause he that did another. Just... He did another horror film. Um, trying to find it here. Um, okay, because he just did he just did a score to settle, which was. Did you see a score to settle, Johnny? Twenty nineteen, just like color of color 
out of space. Man, my yeah. Skype keeps glitching. What did you ask? Uh, I was saying, did you see? Um, did you see a score to settle that came out the same? It came out last year with Color Out of Space. No, I seen um, one called. Um, Running with the Devil, I think, where him and Lawrence Fishburne are heroin dealers. And then I saw one called Primal, where he's like on a boat, where he's like this poacher, and there's a serial killer. It was it's really awesome film, really funny. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There's another really, really uh, deep horror one that he did that I'm trying to find the name of it, and I can't find the name of it right now because um, he's been in so did many. Come- Space appear in, in the theaters? Uh, selectly. It, it, I think it played in like 200 theaters in the United States, but it, it got released on video on demand at the same time. Okay, gotcha. It's out on DVD and stuff, so you should be able to find it no problem. It's I, I see it. At, I bought my copy at Walmart. I see it there every time I go. Okay, another oh, really? another good another good Nicolas Cage movie. Uh, for for those for those interested in like a David Lynch style Nicolas Cage movie is a movie from 2018 a Nicolas Cage uh, supernatural th- thriller uh, called Between Worlds. Have you seen that, Johnny? No, I have to check it out. If you're check it that. out, did you? Sorry, Johnny. What? what happened? Oh, I thought. I- yeah, I thought my Skype was glitching again. Yeah, my, I, my, my, yeah, I know Skype. Skype is being very, very. Skype is being very, very bad tonight. It keeps glitching out on all of us. Like it's it's throwing us off. Like we don't know when somebody else is talking, and then it glitches. And yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to check out. Uh, we're gonna have to check out between between uh, worlds. You should check that one out. Said it's like David Lynch. Then I'm in, man. It's a it's a it's a, a surreal drama in the vein of David Lynch. That's all I can really uh, say about it. Since you haven't watched it, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. It's it's pretty interesting. But I'm not, and I'm but yeah, I'm not going to no. say I'm not going to say it's as good as Mandy. But it's it's definitely you know a good a good another good acting. Um, vehicle for cage so definitely check it out but before we go and we move on to talking about akira which is the second movie we were going to discuss today i i want to just i just want to give another you know give another shout out tonight to my sponsor for tonight's show butter soft moisture and uh week in and week out i'm gonna i'm gonna try to have uh different you know different small business uh sponsors for the for the Zod Rider show and I'm going to give them, you know, shout outs throughout because it's very important in this time that we're living in to support small businesses. So again, go on Etsy and give uh, Buttersoft Moisture a try. You'll definitely want to try the hand sanitizer, the citrus aloe hand sanitizer. I, I can't recommend it enough. I have a big bottle of it in front of me and I always, and I've been using it throughout this pandemic like you wouldn't believe, but okay. But that's, you know, so there's another plug for Buttersoft Moisture. Um, Great Shadow Legend. Yeah, yeah. See, we're going we're gonna to we're gonna have to do that because who knows? Maybe next week we'll be sponsored by, by, some, uh, by some video game uh, video game company and we'll be talking about Rage. 
But who, who knows? Um, yeah, yeah. But I don't know that hand sanitizer. Y'all got to use hand sanitizer. Oh, wash your hands. Wash your hands and use. Wash your hands and use hand sanitizer. There you go. Sing A B C from A to Z. <laughs> okay. All right. It's not. It's not good to do the ABCs when your Skype is glitching. <laughs> oh boy, boy! I don't. I don't. I, I, yeah. Okay. So now, so now we move on to we move on to Akira. Um, I don't know what 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 to say about Akira that hasn't already been said. How about you, Johnny? Uh, it's probably the greatest sci-fi epic, at least done in the twenty, at least from its time period. But probably going back, it um, it's changed the, and warped the perceptions of everything we know of, like cyberpunk and robotics, and and what you could do with that medium, especially up until now. I mean, people still reference and design things that look like things from the comic and the movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and we, and, and the funny thing, you know, I, and I, I, I keep, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine on Facebook earlier today, a buddy of mine, we were discussing the fact that we were supposed to get Akira in IMAX theaters. It was supposed to come out, uh, this month. It was going to have a, a small run in Japan and then it was going to have a limited run in the States. But as we know, due to our current situation that's not going to happen now but it would have been it definitely would have been nice to see akira on the big screen again i i definitely would have loved to have experienced that especially in imax in an imax theater that would be amazing i've never i never got to see it in the big screen i'm actually jelly of you right now man first time i saw it they showed it on the sci-fi channel with the original dub so yeah, I, yeah. I seen it. I actually, when I seen it in the theater, I seen it in the theater with my cousin at a Chicago theater called the Music Box Theater. And back when we saw it, when they were showing it, it was they it was it had the original streamlined pictures dub for the movie, and it was it was fantastic. I I, I have to admit it's one of my it's one of my greatest you know, theatrical memories being able to see it. Because it, the, cause it wasn't a new film at that time by no means. What it is is they were, they'll show, at that theater, they would show the, they would show anime from time to time. I've seen, there I had, I had a chance, I saw Ghost in the Shell, the original, not the, uh, not the updated one. Um, the Wings of Honiamis and Akira. Those are the three movies that I had seen at that theater and they were, and, and all three of those theater experiences were qu- quite amazing just for the just from the f- idea of at that time it was rare to be able to see anime in theaters at all and when they would do yeah. it it would it would always be like a midnight show you would never get it you would never get it before midnight it would always be like i believe if i'm not mistaken the 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 time for akira was 12:05 now I'm oh, mega wow. jelly, man. Like, you got to see Ghost in the Shell in the theater, too. I got to see Ghost in the Shell, too, Innocence in the theater, but that's not okay. as cool. Okay, Music Box Theater had had Innocence, and I missed it when it was, I missed it when it was in the theater. I didn't get a chance to, 
check it out. I, I and I missed uh, hanging out with that with that same friend of mine. Him and I, we were going to hang out to go see. Uh, they there was a theater in uh, Chicago showing um, John Woo's The Killer, and I really, really, really want to see that in the theater. I, you know, that's one movie that I would love to, you know, get a chance to. Uh, see on the big screen, any anything like that, you know, in in, in this particular uh, time that we're living in, man, I I'd be hell, I'd be excited to see Akira Kurosawa's uh, Seven Samurai in a movie theater, man. And I know it's a long movie, but hey, maybe that's what the movie theaters should do after yeah. this, after this, uh, after we come out of being sequestered. Maybe movie theaters will can start going back to showing classic movies of all types of genres and to reinvigorate the theater industry because they're going to have to do something. And I honestly, I feel like showing Akira and IMAX would have went a long would have went a long way. I think that would have made a lot of money for for the however many nights they would have showed. It probably would have been like a three night thing. And it'll probably only been in select theaters. That's what sucks about when they do cool things like that, because they, they they never play in the Midwest where I live. Like in the Bible Belt, they'll be like, "What's in Akira? Hell no, we're gonna we, we'd rather go see Cars Part 4. I'm like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> well, usually, well, money. usually it's a usually with with stuff like that with anime and stuff. Usually it's like a or or in animated movies. Like I, I know my my father and I had gone to see when when they did a Fathom Events for. Uh, for that animated version of Batman: The Killing Joke, so him and I went to the went to the movie theater for that. And but that was when they do uh, Fathom events for stuff like that for anime or for for an animated movie or for like say like a concert. It's usually only for one night. So you you know once you know they make whatever they're going to make that one night, they don't bother to do it again. And I think that's a big mistake. Because a lot of these animated films, I think, could could make some serious money. What's that anime series that you like, uh, Sonia, where there's a movie that oh, is in the theaters? Which one, Hunter Hunter? Oh, My Hero Academia. Yeah, yeah you I like that. Really I wanted to go see the movie for that. I did, too. All my friends went and saw it just before coronavirus shut it all down. And I was I had planned to go watch it on the big screen and... Coronavirus shut it down. It had I, just who's your favorite come out. character. Who's your favorite character in My Hero? <laughs> you know who my favorite character is. What, you like Yuhada? Or Unarada, my bad. He... <laughs> uh, I'm you not kidding. You, character. you know who my Oh my god! This uh, this sounds like this sounds like a this sounds like a foreign yes. language to me because I don't know no, the, just... know this I don't know this series Wait, at all. But I said I don't Come know on, this Billy, series at all. But you guys, but but, but you yeah, guys, he's my favorite character, of course. Wow, okay. my favorite character is the villain twice. He's awesome. I'll like, go just, see uh, anything. <laughs> watch, watch the show. It's actually really fun. I, I I usually don't like them animes for younger kids, but my hero is actually it's a good time. I, I enjoy There's it. Grown ass people 
at my job that are watching that show. And that's how I got caught onto it because um, I was watching Hunter Hunter. Hunter Hunter is pretty good too. I don't know if you guys seen that one, but uh, but yeah. Yeah. Hunter X, that Hunter X Hunter? Hunter X I've, Hunter, yeah. I just call it Hunter Hunter. I just, you know, leave out the eggs. I've but, heard that it's yeah. really over overdoes it with the fan service and the jiggly titties. That's usually not my scene with shows like that. But I'll check it out if you say it's good. Does it really? I I don't know. I've never watched it either. I'm I'm sitting I'm sitting here thinking like like I but I would watch any animated movie that I haven't seen in a movie theater as long as it's not Dragon Ball. That's my criteria Uh-oh, at this point. Yeah, I'm not in Oh, and I, I won't watch One Piece. I won't watch Naruto. Oh yeah, I no. Watch, <laughs> oh, oh, I, there's tons that I won't watch, but there's there's a lot that I will. Like um like weird ones that they put out, like The Girl Who Fell Through Time or like Summer Wars and stuff. I'd totally go see those. Those were all really good movies that I didn't find out about till they were out on DVD. And you know, you know another even... another anime Johnny that I forgot that I saw in theater. I completely forgot. I saw Matt Cross Plus. Movie version in the theater. Yeah. That's good Macross. Awesome. <laughs> uh, that was a good, that, I, I, I really, that's another one. I, I would love, I, I would, it would be nice to see another, to see like a Mac, the original Macross movie put back in the, put back in the theater for a limited time. That'd be a good one to do. But, um, yeah. Put the damn, Goddamn, this is the North Star movie, unread, unedited, in the theaters. I want to see heads explode. That happened. Turn. That happened in Seattle in 2015. There was a. They had a movie screening where they claim that they had an uncut print, and it was for one night only. And I, I'll be damned if we can't find anybody online who was actually at that screening because I've been trying for years. Yeah, it sounds like one of those made-up things. Oh, like, it was wow. cursed, and everybody there died after seeing it type of story. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but, like, like all the copies of the movie Uncut were burned in a, in a studio fire, right? That's, that's, that's the story. <laughs> like, yeah, well, right. While, while everybody was leaving the theater, a visage of Ken showed up and told them they were already dead, and they all just popped and exploded there in the movie house. Just pop, pop. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised, considering how, how, you know, how elusive it is that, and the fact that we will, doesn't seem like we're we're ever going to get it. But I think they're going to pull it out for one of these big one of these big anniversaries coming out. They're going to have to do something, you know. The can, thing I don't get is that the violence and the gore is so over the top and silly. I don't even understand why it needed to be edited out in the first place. It, it's laughable. The head explosion. <laughs> Especially after you gave me those manga and I got to see what it would look like if it didn't like phase to white to hippie colors. And I'm just like, wow, that's, that's actually hilarious looking. They should have left that in. Like, why'd they cut that out? Right. It's not, that, it's not gruesome. I, it's not like it's going to scare anybody. Well, yeah, and especially with the dialogue that they that they use, particularly in the English dub, which I think is fantastic for that movie. Um, it, you know, and and I and I say this as as the biggest Fist of the North Star plan uh, fan on the planet. I mean, I don't 
I, you know, I love the Japanese actors and the di- and the dialogue and the original, the story and the canon. But I have a soft spot in my heart for that original Streamline Pictures English dub, and I know you do too, Johnny. That English oh, yeah. dub is epic. So there is the English dub. Of the, for the of the movie for the 1986 movie there is yeah it's English dubbed it's a movie it's I, a and the movie came out it, when the movie came out it was it was done as a kind of like a compilation thing to kind of co- companion piece to the series to get people interested in the in watching the series because the series was going on like a like a season break or something and was going to come back with like a second or third season. I can't remember what season exactly, but it was going to come back. And so during the meantime, they needed something to get audiences interested. So they, they made that movie version and the movie version that they made kind of condenses a lot of storylines and cuts a lot of things out and just tells, you know, a, a pretty straightforward story. And it, and it's done in a way that's so brilliant because if you watch that, you could be right where you needed to be when you would pick up and you would watch, you know, another season of it because it cuts out all the filler and all the stuff that you get in traditional, in like traditional an- anime. You know, it cuts out all the filler stuff because Fist of the North Star has a lot of filler episodes. So it cuts out a lot of the, cut out a lot of the filler, went straight to the important stuff and you had a nice, bridge going through. so even if you didn't get a chance to see all that other stuff you know the movie did a nice job of of like kind of keeping you up to getting you up to date as to where the characters were at that point in time all, I, all i'm saying is i want to sit there and i want to see ken mobbing up to kick rouse ass while my favorite probably song from any anime ever plays <laughs> oh standing in the heart of darkness oh oh feeling my pain feeling my loneliness i fucking love that song so much dude i want to hear it on dolby just <laughs> i know <laughs> dude i'm with you dude johnny johnny the day that that happens i'm, I'm telling you we've got to the day that that happens where at whatever theater it's at when it when it happens, if it happens in our lifetime, we gotta make plans to do it together, bro. We gotta that make plans so to funny. go. Cause it, cause I honestly I can't think of any. I mean, I can't think of any other movie in the world that I'd rather watch in a movie theater than that one with with that cheesy dub and everything. I want to see it like that and how how it was when i first seen it as a kid and the thing is and the and the interesting part is like when i like you can like i use the virtual reality theater app there's a theater virtual reality theater app you can use and the movie that i always put on when i go into the theater app i always put on fist of the north star and people go in will go in there and they'll sit down and they'll watch it and you'll hear people making comments about it and stuff and you're watching it on like a big, you know, you're watching it on a big screen. It's like you're in a movie theater and you got this, the seats and everything and the environment is really, is really authentic. And I'm like, my God, it's so sad to know that this is the closest, <laughs> the closest we'll probably ever get to actually seeing Fist of the North Star in a movie theater. Well, but since Fist- you were lucky enough to see it, I'd love to see Akira in the movie theater and kind of segueing back to, um, that, 
what you were saying about how the Fist of the North Star movie handled the, the lore and, you know, kind of retold the story in a nice, concise little package, that's the same thing that Otomo did with, um, with Akira. the Akira film. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, and it just worked as beautifully there. Those are like two, um, films that I can think of where the creator actually was in control of the project and actually was able to tool their own work into a smaller package and still make it as impactful and as beautiful as it's supposed to be. Because Absolutely. if you like the movie Akira and you haven't read the comic book yet, oh man, you're doing yourself a disservice because the, there is just so much more there. Oh yeah. But, but the film doesn't suffer from not having any of it in it, which is, is incredible to say for an adaptation. You know what I mean? That That's unheard of. Yeah. Yeah, but I, again, it, like you say, it's a testament to the fact that the creator, when the creator of the material maintains control, he can do that. He can say, okay, I you know, I want to make a, a condensed, a concise version, but this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to put in. This is what I'm going to take out. And this is what I'm going to you know, and and for in like in the case of Akira, I'm pretty sure that you know he said everything he wanted to say with that movie at the at the time. But the idea that he could turn around now and 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 adapt because we have the technology and we have the you know we have the ability now, he could probably turn around and adapt the entire the the entire manga if he wanted to at this point. I you know? really wish he would. I would kill to see. Well, that's what I heard. That, that that's what I heard he's it. doing. That's what I heard he's doing. That's I read an article recently where they were interviewing Atomo and they were talking to Atomo about how Akira predicted Japan postponing the uh, 2020 Olympics. Remember that Akira takes place in 2019. Right. So the the. You know, they talked about all the, the prophetic things that Akira got right about the society we live in now. And one of the things that he, Atomo mentioned was the fact that he is, he's working on a new, on a, on an anime, on a series where he's adapting, he's adapting the entire manga. So we're going to get it, Johnny. We're going to get it in our lifetime. We're going to get the entire manga adapted into a series, which I, which is fantastic. I, I I can't wait. That that's gonna be that's the only thing that's the only thing that could make me happier than seeing Akira on IMAX would be able to watch be able to watch the uh, watch the graphic novels adapted. Right by I mean, by the cute creator with the creator himself involved. I mean. Because people are still really excited about the that they're finally going to do the live action movie, and they got um, that weird Australian guy to do it. But I, I actually would just rather have you know an anime series based on the damn comic book. You know that that that's perfect for me. I, I, I I'm not excited about even with a good director that Otomo actually signed off on. I still don't have any um, like really hope for Hollywood being able to turn out a decent version of it it'll not it'll never happen i'm telling you it'll never happen the 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 director that wasn't isn't it the same director that directed those marvel movies isn't it the same um, guy he he he's not he's not focused on akira right now it's back in development hell again 
I don't think okay. it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna happen, dude. I think. I think. Well, I think they're gonna be talking about a live action Akira movie for the next hundred years. It'll never. It'll never happen. And and the best. And that'll be the best thing for all of us because I'm with you 100. percent I don't want to see a live action. This I is. I would a, if it came out of Japan. Like if they were actually going to throw a lot of money into it, and they got Otomo to work with somebody like like Sion Sono or Mike or somebody, okay, and like they were actually going to make something. But like you know what I mean? I don't want to see Justin Bieber as Yamagata or something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You probably yeah, would get. We'd probably get. They'd probably get. Uh, they'd probably get Leonardo DiCaprio to play the Colonel and. Frickin' uh, Toby Maguire to play Tetsuo. Look, I, I, all I know is that we, we're at a point now where it just, Hollywood is, is, I mean, is decimated. So if they can make, if they think they can make money off of Akira, they'll find some way to bastardize it and put it out there somehow. I, I, I mean, don't like know. after what they did to Ghost in the Shell, which, I didn't even end up hating that movie as bad as I thought I would, but still, it's just so mediocre and just so what I expected for the most part, even though it was slightly better than exactly what I expected. Yeah. Then I, I don't want to see them do it to Akira, too, because those are my two favorites. I love Ghost in the Shell. I love Akira. Like, why can't they mess around with stuff like, you know... um Naruto. Mezzo. Mezzo or, you know, some, <laughs> something else that's kind of smaller. Like, if they want to do, uh, like, Shiro Masamuni so bad, why don't they do, like, Dominion Tank Police? Like, that, that would actually work pretty good uh, as a Hollywood film. So would Appleseed. But, like, Ghost in the Shell, it, it it's just too complex, for, and they got to dumb shit down. See, like, Appleseed would have been – they already have a blonde white girl and a giant robot running around in the desert. Like, that, that – that's fine. That that would work perfect for an, uh, right. Uh, right. They get they get they get you know they get uh, you know they get Brie, La- Brie Larson to play the blonde white girl, and they get the they get a giant robot, and then they dumb it down with I all this identity Margo politics. Would be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I get Margot Robbie to play. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I can Thank agree. I, I can agree with you there. But I'm just saying that, you know, Hollywood, you know, they don't make the best decisions. So it's, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Channing Tatum as Briarios. Yeah. Yeah. Channing Tatum. Oh my God. Yeah. Freaking, freaking, uh. <laughs> but Sonia, what did you think of Akira? The inquiring minds want to know. Well, I was just introduced to Akira. I didn't know Akira existed, although I do watch anime. Uh, Zod was like, Sonia, you've never seen Akira and you watch anime? Um, yeah, I thought, um, it was pretty, a pretty good movie. I mean, um, as far as, uh, I mean, the storyline was great. Um, and with it being a uh, post apocalyptic, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things in the movie um, that portrays what we are going through today <laughs> um, with this coronavirus thing. You know, um, the martial law. I mean, we're not quite fully in martial law right now, but, um, you know, there's, there were parts in the film um, where uh, there was martial law and um, my favorite the the biker gang, the kids with the bikes were my uh 
favorite characters in all. Um, I like the fact that um, there was uh, the, there was the two. Um, was it, I, I don't know if they were children or if they they looked like children, but yet they they looked really old. I don't know those two characters. Do you know who I'm talking about? Which ones? Yeah, you're talking about, about the yeah. Had, you're like, talking about the. The psychic children, the, the, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, the psychic children. Um, but yeah, and their powers. And, um, they had some kind of connection with the one chick. Uh, well, actually, there is two other, um, the, the one girl and the one guy. I don't remember their names, but, um, I like the fact that they had like a, uh, somehow had a connection with those two psychic children. Do you know what, what I'm talking about? Yeah, you talk about Kay um, and um and Kaneda. and uh Kaneda, yeah. Um Yeah, yeah I'm sorry, go ahead. No. I was just saying that the, the yeah, those two guys those two characters they kinda had a like a convergence with them which kind of made you think that they were um laden themselves in having powers in some right. way yeah but um but yeah i thought it was kind of cool the kids on their bikes and i mean you know rolling through the town and just like just doing their thing as as kids i mean it was kind of cool but the movie um it was just crazy how um they had all the military police, the helicopters and and things like that, um, breaking up the crowd thing, you can't gather. It was just like really crazy. I'm like, we're living this today pretty much. But yeah, yeah, it was a pretty good movie. I really liked it, all the action. I mean, there was no parts in it that were boring, you know. I just like the fact that it just kept going on and on and on and on and and there wasn't, there's just no boring parts in it at all. But um, it's a different type of anime. Um, I never heard of it before, but I really did enjoy it once Joey or Zod told me about it. But yeah, it had a really good storyline. I remember first seeing it when, like I said, when they showed it on Sci-Fi Channel, and I'd been pretty used, I mean, kind of used, I'd seen like a lot of the stuff that like Urban Vision and Manga Entertainment had put out, so I'd seen some decently animated stuff, but yeah, that opening sequence when like they get on their bikes and they're going after the clowns on the freeway and you see the city and all the lights and you hear that Tico drum music and like they're blowing up cars and you just, the city keeps growing and then... That is probably one of the most spectacularly animated films ever made. And the frame rate that they actually animated the movie at is insane. It's actually they actually drew as many panels for the film as like um, an, a live action movie. It's it's 24 frames per second, yeah. which is unheard of. Most movie most animated films do 12 or eight. He did almost double to triple what most people do. So it's incredible. That's why it looks so beautiful. And I just remember the music engulfing me, even the weird like ah oh, ah oh, oh, music. I just it just it just pulls you in, and it's quite different than any other anime. Like I said, I'd seen several that I loved. You know, I'd seen like Ninja Scroll, and and I thought that like I'd seen badass anime, but like Akira showed me what badass anime really was. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, like I still don't think I've seen anything animated 
hand animated as beautiful as as that film is especially that opening sequence when they're riding around the city blowing up the cars and getting to the freeway to fight the clowns that was just incredible i mean still to this day when i see it i'm just like people drew that with their hands (laughs) (laughs) it's uh it's one it's one of those things that it's one of those things that's really interesting when you when you take a look at that and you see all of the, you know, blockbuster motion picture elements that went into this movie. And it's so funny. I remember watching an old documentary on Akira uh, called the Akira Production Report, and they translated it into English. And every time they would talk to Atomo or ask him a question about Akira. He would start off every sentence and they would show him and he'd have a little, he'd have a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And every question they'd ask him, he'd start, he'd start every answer with the film. And he would talk about it like it, like it was, (laughs) like it was the, like it was the greatest film ever made. And, and on that level, I have to say, as far as like anime goes, I mean, he, I mean, it's, it's a masterpiece. So. I mean, I just that just stands out to me. Like you know, you just you, have you did you have you seen that little that documentary, Johnny, the Cura Production Report? I don't think I've seen that exact one. I've seen some newer ones where they talk to him, and he's he's a little more chill about it, I think, because he was just kind of uh, just kind of like shooting the shit with the people, and he was a lot older. I don't think I saw one from like around when the film actually came out. Like, oh, I should have to try to track that down. Yeah, I think I think it's on. I think it may it might be on. Uh, it might be on YouTube. You know, uh, they you know they put a lot of those little documentaries. I think I think when I first when I first had this uh, when I first seen this on videotape, they, I think it was uh, like a bonus feature after the movie. I think it was on the same the same videotape. I I had you I mean had, VHS. <laughs> yeah, VHS, you know, that that's that's <laughs> But but if he was a little smug there, I think I think he's kind of earned it. I I do has... too though. I I loved it. I loved seeing him stare in a smoky in a smoky office with his with his little cigarette and and using and and talking about his movie like it's the greatest thing ever. I I love it. I love that. I love it because it 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 fits with the project. I mean, it's incredible. Well, <laughs> you know? he's done so much for anime. I mean, even when he's not making his own films, he's putting out those little comp movies that are so good, and he's pushing forward small creators with big dreams. You know, like you got stuff like Short Piece, Neo Tokyo, Memories and Dreams, and they're all just really phenomenal little things that he kind of helps produce and put out. Plus his other films like uh, Metropolis and um, what was the other one, Steam Boy. I mean, everything that he does is just so vivid, so lush. I mean, so if he's a little smug... When he's talking about how cool he is, I, he definitely has earned it in my book because I like guys that kind of all they did what they did and they think that like they know that that's cool, but then they turn around and they help the kids coming up too and put the, put their work out with his name on it. I think that that's really really kind of a neat thing for creators to do sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. 
I agree, and 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 he and I mean he I mean honestly, when it comes to anime, he's up there. He's up there. You know, you got you know you got like I remember watching it with my cousin, and my cousin was like, "God, the way he talks, he's talking like he made Star Wars or something." Well, for anime, <laughs> for anime, he kind of did. You know, when you when anime done better than Star Wars. When, when you but when, but when you but when you put it in perspective. What yeah. what he what he in terms of what he did for the anime world is what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying I'm not comparing the two, you know, uh, you know, creatively at all. I'm just talking about in terms of what he did, you know, for the for the genre as a whole when he made that movie. I mean, it's it's something everybody, it's something anybody that's that's into anime definitely needs to see. Just for yeah, the, it's like. It's like Star Wars, Citizen Kane, and and anything else iconic you can think of. Because I mean, even if like even if you watch the really really good stuff like Ninja Scroll from around the time, what he came out and did with that, it was it was leaps and bounds above what anybody else thought was even possible in the medium. Which you got you got to give him props for, man. The guy yeah. really moved the the medium forward to where um you know even TV shows. Started stepping up their game and having better um, animation in them and stuff too. So he really, really is a G in my opinion. I, I, that's why I look at him. I look at and then I look at the the fist of the North Star uh, director Toyo Ishida. I look at him too as the same. You know, he was responsible for the t- directing the, the TV series and the and the movie. And you got you got the creators of the manga involved as well. Which is why you have such high quality work. And this is the same case here where Ultimo definitely took his work and knew what, knew what to do with it and how to make a brilliant, make a brilliant film that's, it's like, it's like the perfect night. I'm telling you, you could, you could spend a Saturday afternoon. You watch Fist of the North Star. You watch, you watch Blade Runner. You watch, uh, and you and you watch and you watch Akira, and you're and you're gonna and you're gonna come away feeling like you've had your your best cinema experience ever. I well, if I'm gonna keep it all anime, I will go with my picks would be Fist of the Fist of the North Star, Akira, Ghost in the Shell, the first one, and Redline, because like that's that's the only one only newer movie I can think of that holds that kind of just excellence in art and everything about it was just meant to shine and push the whole um idea of anime forward because like after actually after Akira I don't think anything has touched like what Redline was able to pull off with the the type of animation and how much they put into it, which it ended up bankrupting um, Madhouse. But fuck, was it worth it? Because that movie is just beautiful. I'd have to say, if I was going to keep it all anime, I would have to say, okay, Akira, well, Fist of the North Star, Akira, and Vampire Hunter D. Those are my three favorites. Vampire Hunter D is another one, same director as Fist of the North Star, uh, came out in 1985, and is another really, really great anime, uh, one of the best, oh, yeah. one of the best, one of the best vampire animes ever, ever made. And I, and I think it all, and, and the great thing about all of these titles that we've mentioned, they all hold up to this day. 
Oh yeah, know, you you could and you could you could compare it to all all the crap that they put out nowadays, and you could say to yourself, "My God, this stuff holds up." And not only does it hold up, it's 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 fa- it's still fantastic. It's it's wonderful. And and again, I you know I'm I'm always open minded into trying trying new anime and trying different things, but I I will never be open minded to watching Dragon Ball and I will never watch another episode of Naruto as long as I live. So I'm 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 all yeah, I'm all Naruto'd out. I was I was dating I was dating a woman a couple years ago who that was her favorite anime. And every time every time we hung every time we hung out together all she wanted to do was watch Naruto. And she was, cause she was determined to get me into watching, into watching that show. And Naruto has like a zillion episodes and a zillion series. It's not as bad as One Piece, but it's pretty close. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just, so I was, you know, I was trying to keep an open mind and I would try to, you know, try to, try to get into it. But then I, then I turn around and I, and I, I would say, well, hey, would you want to watch would you want to watch Fist of the North Star? And she'd be like, Fist of the <laughs> Fist of the what? I'm like, never mind. The only I, newer ones like, that I'm watching is, like I said, I watch um, My Hero, like Sonya does, and I, I really like JoJo, which really kind of is oh. like Fist of the North Star for me. But like Fist of the North Star on acid full of weird old um, musical references. There you You're go. talking about JoJo's Great Adventures, right? Bizarre Adventure, yes, indeed I am. Bizarre Adventure, yeah, something like that. I knew it was something like that. I'm a, I'm a little behind. I know that like, on online the show's like up to part five or seven. Like I've only just started. Diamond is Unbreakable, the fourth part, and man, I just, I love how it jumps through time and through different um, uh, generations of the Joe Star family. It's just it's silly, but it, it's self-aware. And I also like um, how it plays off of the odd homoeroticism of fighter anime. Like, there's a lot of self-awareness to it that really cracks me up about the show. So, like, it, it's great. It's really, it's really a show that yeah, yeah, it is a like, good one. Stuff we're talking about, you got to check out JoJo. And have you gotten yeah. a chance to check out? Have you gotten a chance to check out High Score Girl yet, Johnny? Oh man, I forgot all about that. No, I've been obsessing because my favorite manga ever doro hidoro is finally getting an anime so i've been watching all the little clips they've been putting out for that on youtube and that's kind of like the only other anime i've been keeping up with because i am i am so dipped in shit and rolled in breadcrumbs excited for the fucking doro hidoro anime man like that is god i haven't seen heard you this excited since uh since blame came out man Oh, Dora Hadora, like, you guys will like it. It's, it's probably the most different thing about magic I've ever seen. And it's basically like there's these two realities. There's the magic one and the regular one. And the magicians come to the regular world and they test their magic on humans and they fuck them up. So, like, our main characters, um, oh, what's her name? No, Nagato and Kamen, who's like this guy who's already been messed with. He's got a lizard head. They, they hunt down and they kill magicians when they come to our world. And then they end up like came and gets sucked over into the magician world and it's got a really neat rotating cast and it's it's a long manga but it's not too long it only ran like 20 28 books so i think it's going to make a really great anime series plus the art style is just wonderful and they've replicated the art style perfectly for the show so it's not going to look like your typical anime 
You said magic. I'm watching an anime show right now called Black Clover that has to do with magic. It's oh, so yeah, awesome. that, that's, that's basically like My Hero Academia for magic people, right? That's At least that's what the trailer is meant Look at you teasing me. Stop it. <laughs> well, that, that's what the trailers made it look like. It kind of like, it was like, I'm the best at the school and I do this. And it's like, okay, so like, that's like Harry Potter, My Hero Academia. No, no, not really. You have to watch it. <laughs> I'll check it out. If you say it's good, I'll, I'll, I'll give it at least four episodes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, you know, that's the general rule of thumb for all this anime shit. <laughs> give it four episodes, and if it doesn't grab you by four, out. But yeah, I am excited, as excited for Doro Hidoro as I was for the Blam movie, because, yeah, that's my that's my jam, and I'm really hoping that they do some more Satomu Nihei live action. I mean, anime stuff because I I love the Knights of Sidonia, and the Blab movie was just so fucking good. So. Oh yeah, I was gonna ask you what I was gonna ask you overall. What did you end up thinking of of Knights of Sidonia while we were on the topic? It's really good. I just wish that they'd do the last arc, even if they just do it, because like they could they could definitely. Do the whole thing in like a uh, an hour long to um, hour and a half long OVA. So I think that I wish that they would do the last part of it for people that didn't read the manga like I did. But it's a it's a beautiful adaptation. It's very well done. And um, yeah, as a fan of the manga, I couldn't ask for it. I'd only anime. watched I'd only watched the first season, so I didn't I didn't uh, finish it up. I'm behind on it anyway, but I, I definitely will, will want to finish it because what I saw of it was good. So um, yeah, since you like Matt Cross a lot, but like I think that that was Nihei's big pull because it's it reminds me so much of um, the better Matt Crosses. Like uh, he yeah, it didn't yeah. really remind me of Gundam or any of the other mecha shows. It really reminded me like he really liked Macross and was kind of trying to emulate that a bit, but um, made it a little bit younger, made the cast a bit younger. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. But then with Macross, the characters were the characters were essentially essentially teenagers, and they were and they were young as well. And it, and it, it's amazing how. When you take a common theme in these, you know, space epics like Macross and Knights of Sidonia, you know, it's it's like they're they're all like the ultimate coming of age stories, essentially. Right. Well, the thing I like best about like Macross and the Knights of Sidonia is that like Rick Hunter. I don't care what his Japanese name is; he's always going to be Rick Hunter, whether I'm talking Robotech or Macross. And then um, you had Nagate Tanakaze from Knights of Sidonia. They were very likable and really kind of cool main lead pilots. They didn't have like super egos. They'd only get pissy and angry if their friends got hurt and stuff. So that's the problem I have with like stuff like Gundam. It's really hard to like the main character because he's such a cocky little egotistical prick. And you don't really, you didn't really have that problem with Macross or with, um, right, right. You didn't. And, 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 you know, in the case of Macross, you also have a, you also had an awesome mentor for Rick Hunter, you know, with Roy with Kurt Roy. Volker. So, or so with he, Roy? Yeah. Roy, yeah, Roy Folker. And I Folker, Kurt, but yeah. Roy. Cool. Yeah, he's he's awesome. And that, and that's why I say when you have someone like a character like that, you know, you can you can really build off of that. And that just adds that that adds up adding to the awesomeness of the main character too. So those are you know, those are some things that uh 
you know, I, I was going to say right now though. So no, I take it, Sonia, you've never seen Robotech or Macross, have you? No. Okay. That's why you don't hear me commenting. So. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, oh my god, did, did you hear? Have you heard of? <laughs> did you know about Robotech? Okay. Not my second favorite anime song ever. Internet stage light flashing, the feeling <laughs> smashing. One day I know you have it on your. I know you have it on your. I know you have it on your phone. You listen to it all the time. I know you do, Johnny. My ringtone when you call, man. I hear. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it, it's a it's a great show. It's all about how hot anime or how hot Japanese pop stars will um, end alien invasions because they'll see them and they'll be like, "Oh, they're so cute. We can't attack Earth anymore." I just oh, love. Wow. It, it, it's kind of a part of. The that's show. essentially. That's essentially. That is actually essentially the truth. That basically sums up Macross in a nutshell. All of them. Yeah, I mean, show, aliens of me, show them some hot Asian girls singing and dancing, and they'll be like, "Oh, we can't attack these guys. They're so cute." Oh. Yeah, yeah. They basically get they basically get really, really uh, excited and aroused, and they're un they're uncontrol they're they're basically inconsolable when it comes to this, and this will, to the point where the the attacks of the main fleets are essentially holograms of of these Japanese pop of these Japanese girl pop singers you know and it's 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 ridiculous but it works it it works for as an anime definitely yeah, I didn't see it coming when I was watching it I thought like they were gonna have to like drop nukes or something but nope Bring out the hot anime. Uh, bring out the hot pop singers. Yeah, that's how we win. <laughs> well, especially especially Minmay in the in 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 the in the original Macross movie. Do you remember Love? The animation in Do You Remember Love is so perfect that like that like you, I could see how the aliens would have a have a problem with attacking at that point. Like, okay, we've got to leave them alone. It's. It's amazing, but yeah, we wow, we've we, you know we've kind of been all over the place tonight talking about all types of anime. I guess this just turned out to be in it like an anime show with Mandy in the first hour. Huh? Right. Oh wow! <laughs> we're kind of we're kind of uh, you know we're just kind of doing a free for all right now talking about uh, what are some of your so what are some of the best animes that you've that you've that you've seen Sonia since you've been since you're a big anime watcher now you know what i watch but um i really love castlevania on netflix oh yeah castlevania is a wonderful is, show yeah, yeah castlevania is a wonderful show castlevania is a wonderful show yeah. uh, Written by my favorite comic book writer Warren Ellis, who's also getting another anime that's going to be on Crunchyroll based off of my favorite comic book of his, Freak Angels. So if you guys like Castlevania, oh, I can't you wait. Like Warren Ellis' writing, Freak Angels is coming next month, so I can't wait to see it. Did you say Freak Angels? Yeah, yep, Freak Angels. It's going to be awesome. Is that on, going to be up, uh, streaming on Crunchyroll or? 
Yeah, it's going to yeah. be streaming on Crunchyroll. It's an original of theirs. Crunchyroll okay. original, yeah. I, you know, I've checked out some of these. I've checked out some of these Crunchyroll originals, and I can't say I'm too fond of many of them. So hopefully this, uh, hopefully this one will will change that perspective. Warren because, Ellis uh, is working on it with them, like he did with Castlevania. So, and so he's my favorite favorite writer, favorite comic book of his. So that's going to be good then. So what else, Sonia, besides Castlevania? Because everybody likes Castlevania. Castlevania is like you know, kind of kindergarten <laughs> anime. He said kindergarten. But I named, you know, um, I named all my favorites. So, I mean, I'm not, not that deep. I'm still getting familiar with other types of anime. But what do you like, watch on, but what do you watch, about- what do you watch on Crunchyroll though? Don't you watch a lot of anime off of Crunchyroll? Well, I haven't been on Crunchyroll. I've been more on Funimation than I have Crunchyroll. Well, they got way so, more stuff on uh, there probably anyways. What you watching on Foonie? Um, well, I was watching, um, I'm still, ca- I'm still catching up, of course, on, um, My Hero. But, um, what is that one, Dr. Oh, shoot. Um, so I haven't been really watching anything really, but, um, there was one show that I was interested in watching on there. What was the name of it? Um, hold on. I'm going on there right now. One that I really, really want to see. Hold on. I'm trying to find the name of the one that I, uh, am a, about to start watching that uh that Doctor Stone. That's what it was. So never heard of it. You never heard of it? Um so that's one that I'm gonna be checking out. Um another one it's like right now I'm still watching, I'm flipping between my hero and Hunter x Hunter, and then um, the other one that I told you that I was watching, the Black Clover. Um, but yeah, that Doctor Stone is next on my list. What's um, Doctor Stone about? But, one but I guess uh, um, Doctor Stone. I'm picturing like like Grey's Anatomy the anime stuff. Wait, you said <laughs> I'm like picturing like a like a Grey's Anatomy anime like no. Oh, you remember? Oh, hey, you re- you remember? Hey, speaking speaking of that, do you remember Monster Johnny? Yeah, I remember Monster. Like that. That's that's, that's, that's got to be the best. That's got to be the best medical doctor anime ever. I mean, oh my goodness. <laughs> Uh, I, but, if you're looking for fun stuff to watch on there, I, I, I'm a mountain. I have so, so many like uh, the Funimation classic editions. Like, definitely like check out Steins Gate. That's one of the greatest science fiction stories I've ever seen. And um, Bacchano, watch Bacchano. Since you like magic and stuff, this one's got like 1930s Chicago, um, New York gangsters and Chicago gangsters. Um, alchemists, uh, it's just mad fun. It's, it's a good action anime with some magical stuff in it. It's, it's unlike anything else you'll probably ever see. I've never seen another anime quite like Bakano. 
Okay, you're going to have to put a list together for me, Johnny, and, and Skype me with it, okay? Right, because I'm, I'm, I'm a nerd when it comes to all things, man, like comics, anime, manga. I mean, I, I go deep. Yeah, and uh, speaking anyways, of going deep, shout out shout out to go Going Deep with Go Deep. Go Deep is another podcast that, I, uh, that I've appeared on a couple of times. I love oh, Go Deep. Yeah. So I have to give a shout out to Go Deep. Go Deep, hashtag release the Snyder Cut. There, I did my plug. <laughs> I did and my plug. Go pl- Deep I, uh, is sponsored by Ray. <laughs> hey, listen. Sponsors. Oh, yeah, of course. We got to throw the sponsor. We'll throw the sponsorship in there one more time. And once again, mention for tonight. Buttersoft moisture, and next week I will have a I will have a different sponsor, local well business that I will be um, uh, mentioning on the show. And again, get mm-hmm. that hand sanitizer. Get it that, better be mine. I'm get that get that citrus <laughs> aloe hand sanitizer. I'm not kidding you. It's fantastic. You do, you like you like citrus aloe you, you know, citrus aloe, aloe hand sanitizer, Sonia. Why are you asking me when I make my own things? I make my own lotions and okay, and you, creams you make and, you make your own hand sanitizer. Hair and you make your own hand I sanitizer. Cream for men, but I'm not on here to advertise. Oh come on! Well, next week, next week, next week, next week, <laughs> next week, we'll advertise you. We can advertise your products. What too. kind? Yeah. What kind of? What kind of tasty flavors of hand sanitizer do you make then? Like, I, I don't throw make, your. I don't make. Me, I don't make hand sanitizer. I make other day. I make. Okay, well, see, this is this is what I'm talking about. We're talking about hand sanitizer. Okay. You know, if you want some tasty um, green apple hand sanitizer, maybe kiwi strawberry. Okay, well, you know, hey, listen, listen, but butter soft moisture makes. Buttersoft Moisture makes the most fantastic products. Seriously, the hand sanitizer is wonderful. And, I mean, if I if I were to, I, well, I shouldn't say if I could bottle it because it is bottled. I have a very, I have a very big bottle of it, and I use, have been using it every day of the pandemic. So, there you go. Oh, stay at Chicago, hi. <laughs> I, I hey I have to I have to I have to support the uh, the local the local locally, local yeah. locally on my locally on the show, you know I make I make I do make I did make some promises to some local to some local businesses that I would bring them up on the show because I think that that's very important and especially when they're making products that are relevant to what we're going through in this current day and age. Now I don't know about I don't know about the manscaping people though, Johnny. I'm kind of. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure these people they got like the same type of stuff. They probably got like those really nice ball wipes. <laughs> ball wipes. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! What's that ball wipe? Manscaping. Manscaping ball wipes. <laughs> Why would I be looking for something on YouTube about ball wipes? No, it's not that they—it's not that you'd be looking for it. It's that they sponsor a lot of videos. Like um, when you don't see Raid Shadow Legends, you'll see um, Manscaped, which is like this trimmer for dudes to use on there, and they also sell 
um, ball deodorant and ball um, wipes, and that's how the, oh, they're okay. presented and sold as. And the people who are sponsoring it, they, they literally call it that when you're watching it. Most of them make a oh, kind of a joke oh. out of it, but. Well, I, I I'm going to uh, I'm going to have the you know butter soft moisture link in the description of this episode for anybody interested in buying that citrus hand sanitizer that I've been raving about all night. It's got a good good price too. I'm looking at the website right now. Oh well, there you go. It's it's fantastic. The the hand sanitizer, especially uh, they don't they don't buy they don't make the hand sanitizer unless the alcohol content is at least seventy percent, at least. So they make sure that it's got the right alcohol content. (laughs) It's great. Hey, look. I, I could say I could say that I eat the hand sanitizer, but I don't eat it. I do use it. I do use it though a lot. It's it's very it's very good. Oh, oh my god! I, I would bathe. I would bathe. I would bathe in it if I could. It, that's that good. Honestly, it's that good. I'll send you something you can bathe in. Okay. <laughs> actually, right now, actually, right now, I bathe in palm olive. So hey. <laughs> Wait. Did you just say palm olive? Yeah, I bathe in palm olive. Ultra strength. Uh, dish soap? Yes, sir. That's, what, that's why I said that. I'm like, dish soap. When did they start making bath soap? <laughs> oh, it's perfect. I'm it's a perfect. man. I shower, damn it. I don't take no damn baths. Oh, it's it's great, man. I bathe, I bathe in that because it's it's so... It gives you that cleansing feeling. But I'm not going to talk about palm olive because I'm not trying to promote palm olive tonight. I'm trying to promote Buttersoft Moisture. So, you know, yeah. again, palm again, promotes people, you know, and, and it's true, you know, hand sanitizer isn't the most difficult thing in the world to make. However, you know, when you have the major company out there like Perel, Jipping people off when they were number one with their hand sanitizer, and it turned out they were only putting like what five or ten percent alcohol in it. That's why they're no longer the top. No wonder I was never getting a buzz off of their stuff, man. Yeah, man, you can't get a buzz off of that. (laughs) Now, now the now the now the hand sanitizer from Buttersoft Moisture. You can inhale it, and you will get you will get a contact. <laughs> oh my god! It is fantastic. I'm you gonna guys just guys are so hilarious. Listen, I listen. I've Pray got to. Pray. I can't. I I can't. Uh, yeah, I, but in all seriousness, though, I can't. I can't recommend it enough. It's absolutely wonderful. Get the sanitizer. You will not be disappointed. And you stop bathing in palm olive. <laughs> yeah, start. Yeah, start bathing, in, start bathing in hand sanitizer. It'll be <laughs> well, no, cool and tingly. I'm, I'm, I'm too afraid to bathe in hand sanitizer. I'd never do it. Can't strike the match. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the end. That'll be the end. But, but the uh, you know, but bathing in the palm olive is 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 a different thing. It's a different experience entirely. You're just. Disgusting. No, it, 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 it's not good for you. Oh, it absolutely is. Not the same as stuff that bubble baths made out of the right. Right, it's it's it's, it's actually better for it's actually better for content. you than it's actually better for you than bubble bath. 
Bubble bath is, sodium, is. It has sodium chloride in it. It has ammonia sulfate in it. You don't need all of that stuff in your skin. Why not? How do you know? You could. You could possibly. And you and I'm you not can. A scientist. I, listen, listen. It 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 is. Look, I've look. I've consulted. I've consulted with experts on palm olive, so it's okay. It's the palm olive that I use is safe. Okay, I don't use. I don't use the kind that has bleach in it or anything like that. So what if you accidentally buy like Dawn or like the Walmart brand dish? No, like I don't. I that will ne- that will never happen because I order my I order my palm olive in bulk. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I've got I've got a whole I've got a whole shelf full of palm olive, bro. When I run out of palm olive, so it's a, you've it's, been hoarding all the palm olive. Well, no, it's not it's not being it's not being hoarded though. Toilet paper, you can trade for toilet paper. If no, you toilet no, paper. I'm not I'm not going to so trade for toilet paper. Hear you, I, who has tons of toilet paper hoarded. And if they need some palm olive, then nope, you can trade. Not, not trade. Me. I'm gonna tell you something. I would rather <laughs> run out of toilet paper than run out of palm olive. Okay, let's just put it that way. Yeah, because like if you run out of toilet paper, you can just wipe your ass with your hand and use palm olive to clean it off. <laughs> oh, you guys are so disgusting. Well, I don't know where else to go from that. Like, what, like. Listen, that, listen. That's what he was alluding to, right? Listen. Like, that where, that's where no, what I'm, right? what I'm saying is you could, I mean, I mean, come on, there's, there's a million and one, there's a million and one ways to handle that situation. Toilet paper, while it is an essential item, it's been way blown out of proportion by the way that it's, by the way that it's being hoarded. It's absolutely I, ridiculous. I totally agree. It's actually not been very hard to find toilet paper in the stores that my, around me, like the past like week or two. For a while there, it was a little sketchy, but now they they seem to keep it in stock. Yeah, know, it seems to be coming back in because stock because they're limiting how many. Yeah, you can yeah exactly. One item per customer. Right, they keep it, and then nowadays and then, they keep um, it behind the counter too. They keep it, you know, and you have to ask yeah, them for it. There's, mm-hmm, there's <laughs> some stores here in Arizona that um. They keep it stored in the back. Like, I know Trader Joe's, they do not have them out on shelves. You have to ask for it, and they'll go get you one package or whatever it is that you right, need. Right, right, yep. Power toilet paper. Because that would prevent, you know, the crowds and people hoarding and people fighting. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. Joe, I mean, I stopped, I stopped too. Yeah, I stopped two old ladies from fighting in a Walgreens over, over, uh, over, uh, <laughs> over a small, they weren't fighting over toilet paper. They were fighting over a small bottle of bleach. Like, I mean, it was ridiculous. There was one bottle of bleach left on the shelf and the two of them were ready to kill each other over it. They were these two really old little old ladies. It was ridiculous. I was like, I was like, oh my God. I'm like, this is, this is terrible. I'm like, I asked somebody at the Walgreens, I said, is there a way you could split this bottle up? So you, so you, so you are basically the, the Keanu Reeves of the situation. You just like, hey, and stopped it. That's awesome. <laughs> right. I stopped it. I stopped it. I'm like, I, I stopped it. And then, then the one lady, and then the one lady, I guess, realized how ridiculous it was. And listen to me, and then let the other, let the older, more decrepit lady have it. So, 
Yeah. I would have been like, here, don't drink it all at once. You, you take it, but don't drink it all at once. Right. I mean, what are you? My uh, sister-in-law. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I, 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 no, I, I was going to share a story similar to yours. Um, my sister-in-law works in a fries grocery store, and there were two women fighting over the last Aunt Jemima syrup. They were oh, wow. literally fighting over it. They're like, both of their hands were on the bottle. And she said she went and she snatched it away from both of them and said, neither one of you is going to get it. It was hilarious the way she told the story, though. But that's crazy how people are fighting over something so stupid. I've never seen anybody fight, but there was like this one time I went into a Walmart and there was like this guy and he was yelling, I'm dying of coronavirus and I need toilet paper. And it's just like, if you're dying of coronavirus, you don't really need toilet paper. You need to like go and get a ventilator or something, right? I don't, I, as far as I know, the, um, the disease doesn't quite give you diarrhea, you know, it doesn't make you right, shit right, right, that's the ironic part about it. It will do nothing for them if they do it. They're just, they're just using, that's why the hoarding makes no sense. All I can say in that regard is it's just the fact that people are stupid. That's what it is. You, you know, if you're, if you're gonna hoard, if you're gonna hoard something, toilet paper should be the last thing that you're hoarding during this, during this type of thing. Exactly. I mean, you would think it would be water, canned goods, right? Dish soap, rice, beans. You know exactly. That what you're saying makes perfect sense. Even stuff like even you could understand stuff like bleach and hand sanitizer. Once again, shout out to Buttersoft Moisture. Uh, the the all the all those kinds of products, disinfectants, Lysols. You know, those kinds of things I could see people kind of being, you know, going crazy. But toilet paper, it's like, really? And, and then, and then, did you guys know, see early on all the, uh, all the people that were getting knocked off of eBay for selling, you know, for selling one sheet of toilet paper or selling one <laughs> roll at like, <laughs> That's fucked up, but funny, dude. That's and what about the guy who bought the seventeen? Thought was it seventeen thousand uh, containers of hand sanitizer and had to give it all back. On eBay, got, uh, not eBay. It was uh, Amazon. I saw Amazon. It, it was Amazon. Down. He only sold like fifty. Before his account got shut down, his account got shut down. And, no, he had to give it all. He had to give it all back. The the oh, I believe oh, he yeah. got he got busted by whatever whatever uh, whatever police there were at that time. He got busted, and he was forced to give it all to uh, to donate it to first responders but, and <laughs> and. Um, hospitals because it was because that's what he did he but yeah i mean and the thing i don't understand is where do you store this kind of stuff i mean that that that's number one how who has that kind of room to like stockpile you know 200 200 cases of toilet paper or 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 you know all these you know you know 37,000 bottles of hand sanitizer i mean come on it's it just to me you know you you can you can do well if you just take what you need and and leave it at that. If everybody just did that, just took what they needed, 
you wouldn't run out of that stuff. That stuff would be would be there for everybody, and nobody would have a problem. But see, this pandemic is what put Purell down. It's what got Purell uh, exposed for being the crooks that they are. But that's you know. But hey, we don't need to worry about Purell because we've got Buttersoft Moisture, and they <laughs> make better hand sanitizer anyway. See, they they do not buy. Uh, Alcohol, uh, you know, the, if the alcohol is less than 70%, it won't do it. So we're good. Right we, got, we got everything right we on. need. We got everything we need. I, I, you know, I expect everybody listening to this, to this show right now to uh, order at least one bottle of hand sanitizer from Buttersoft Moisture. 70 proof, baby, at least. Might even it's be up to 100 proof. It's a good price, too. I was, you know, I'm not going to say what it was, but, yeah, it's a pretty decent price. Oh, it's I'll help us to style. It is, fanta- <laughs> it is fantastic. I, I, I mean, you got, at, at some point, I, I, you know, you, you know the, the bottle of it that I have is, is like, I, I, I consider it the supersized bottle of hand sanitizer. I'm like, I'm like, I, I, or I got like this really big bottle and I'm like, I love this. It's going to take me, it's going to take me three years to use all this hand sanitizer. Not and, if you uh, bathe in it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, we got to go ahead and, and wrap this show up because there is another show that comes after mine that I was completely unaware of that's how long it's been since i've done a show here on psn radio but i do want to say good night to everybody listening and thank you to johnny and sonia for being my special guests for tonight on the zod rider show and i will be back next week i don't know who i'll be with i don't know if i'll have have friends with me or if i'll be by myself but i will have a guest next week so i will see you all next week good night everyone Stay safe. Buy hand sanitizer, butter soft moisture, and hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Good night, everybody.